Good morning and welcome to High Point Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. Always great to be with you worshiping online. Uh, today is no different as we get closer to Christmas. I'm rocking my HP merch today, my High Point hoodie. Uh, it's a great day uh, to worship with you online. Thanks for being here. Uh, here's what I want to start off with today. What is something that you looked forward to as a kid? When you were young, when you were little, or maybe even what's something that you look forward to right now? Something that you have expectation for, anticipation about. Think about it for a second. I know that can be hard to think about. Like what's something that you were, maybe as a kid, maybe you had an allowance, right? And you saved your money for that thing, that toy. I've got one of my kids right now is saving their money, right? And they let me know just about every week, dad, I've got this amount. I can't wait. You know, I'm about to drop it all. (laughs) Right, and so they have anticipation for the thing that they're saving for. Maybe it's an experience or, or a family get together. That 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 the you know the, the the family reunion that you look forward to every year. When I was a kid, um, growing up in the '80s, one of the things that I used to do every day was I ate cereal just about every day before school. That was my go-to, and. Sometimes your cereal boxes would have these campaigns, right, where you cut the box tops off, you get enough of them and you mail them in and you'd get like this, you'd get this toy back, you know, that they were advertising. And they had this, I don't know if it was Kellogg's or Post, I can't even remember, but they had a partnership with G.I. Joe. And I was all in. As like an eight-year-old, you could send the box tops in and they would send you a custom G.I. Joe action figure that was you okay as in like you know you've got all these other action figures this one is literally you okay so i was amped i was all in for it so we cut the box tops off we send it in and lo and behold after all the waiting checking the mailbox right the nervous energy the anticipation of the toy finally arriving it arrived and I, 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 I have to tell you, I still have it. Unfortunately, my action figure is on some sort of mission in my kid's room because we cannot find said action figure. He is MIA right now. But I want you to know that Andy, little Andy, right, he got his action figure. I've got a picture of him right here along with the 1980s perforated printer paper profile of my guy. And my nickname, my code name was Thunder. Okay, check out this pic. All right, my code name was Thunder and my primary military specialty was martial arts with secondary specialties in counter espionage. I mean, you guys, come on. Extremely self-reliant, Thunder spends a lot of time alone. His mind is always at work as he contemplates the next strategic move. He has high expectations and aims to fulfill them. (laughs) How does G.I. Joe know me? They've been spying on me, obviously, right? That was one of those things for me as a kid that I, I... I looked forward to so much. Maybe it was Star Wars for you. For me, in that moment, it was G.I. Joe. All of us know that wonder and excitement, the anticipation of some future moment. And the truth is, 
the thing that gets produced in us as we wait with eager anticipation, we don't always think of it like this, but the fruit of the Spirit that, that gets produced in you is actually joy. Think about Christmas for a minute, and I, I realize we, we can get off track with Christmas, with all the Christmas presents, and I love presents, I love to give presents, but think about your kids for a minute. What is it that they feel? Why do they get so excited about Christmas morning, right? Well, they've been waiting for the moment, oftentimes, to open presents and give presents, and they feel joy. Today, after that, my kids get home from school, we actually are going out shopping and they are picking out presents for their siblings and they're so pumped to do it. Well, what is it? They haven't experienced anything yet, but they're already experiencing joy. Joy is produced as we look forward to experiencing God's goodness and just goodness at large. So turn to Luke chapter 2. This has been our passage in the series uh, that we're in, verse 8 through 12. Pay attention to the words joy and great joy as we, as we read once again the account of the angels appearing and announcing Jesus' birth. <clears throat> verse 8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, you and I, you know, for most of you that are watching, you're, you're probably watching from the United States. Now, that's not to say, and by the way, if you're not, welcome. Thrilled to have anybody viewing and watching from any country, might I add. But most of our viewers are probably uh, stateside. And so uh, many of you have experienced faith from a North American, Western perspective. As a Jew growing up in Israel, uh, there isn't this idea of compartmentalized faith that, that most of us have experienced in the West. Everything that you're doing, right? Even many times your vocation, your family meals, your family get-togethers, um, just your daily life is filled with ritual and tradition that intertwines faith with daily living. There wasn't this idea of like, I go to church and I experience church over here and I have my kind of secular life or secular friends and secular this. That didn't exist. There was not a compartmentalized version of your faith. Everything tied in to each other. And so here we have the shepherds, along with any other Jew, right, that would have felt this way. There was an anticipation. Sometimes great, sometimes it was, it was waning. But there was living with them, culturally speaking, was what we call messianic expectation. The expectation of a Messiah coming, showing up, and delivering them as a people. Now, there, there were expectations that were wrong, right? And there was, there was the expectation of a political king and a political overthrowing of things as it pertains to Rome. And Jesus undid that. He, he turned that expectation upside down. But what we see for thousands of years, literally, is, is this expectation of a, from a people, for God 
to deliver, for God to send a Messiah, for God's messianic kingdom to be established. We see it all the way in Deuteronomy chapter 8 with Moses. He literally says in chapter 18, verse 18 through 19, this is Moses. He's, he's prophetically speaking one day about Jesus. He says, I'll raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. Moses is speaking to Israel on behalf of God, right? He was God's mouthpiece to the, to the people. And so here we have already in Deuteronomy 18, this idea, and this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right? When, when God promises to Adam and Eve that he's going to raise up someone from their seed, right? To overthrow, to crush the head of the serpent. Uh, even in that moment, there is a, there's prophetic uh, reference to a messianic kingdom and, and the Messiah himself. And so you can understand that everything had you looking forward to God's faithfulness and also as a Jew, looking back at how God had already been faithful. Everything had you looking towards God's faithfulness. Look what God did back here. And you know what? We're so expectant for him to move, moving forward here. There was jubilee. There was expectation. There was celebration. There was the looking forward to things. Think about things that you look forward to now. Getting back to our original question. You know, when I ask our kids, they they look forward to cousins coming to town, right? Some of you look forward to going to the new Spider-Man movie that's coming out here in just a few weeks, right? You're, you're pumped. You've already got your tickets and you're just, you're excited. You, there's joy already being produced in your heart and something just as simple as, and as innocuous as going to uh, a movie. There's something about it, isn't there? When you look forward with expectation towards something good, produces joy in your life. Hit pause on that for a second because it's helpful for us to understand this in the opposite terms, right? I don't know about you, but there were times where I, as a kid, I blew it, right? And some of those moments, this didn't happen a whole lot, but it definitely happened a few times. I would get sent to my room. And my mom would look at me and she would say, go wait in your room until your father gets home. Ooh, nobody ever wanted to hear that. Do you know what I mean? You did not want to hear that. No, no, let's deal with it right now, please. I'm begging you. Like if I need a spanking, just spank me now. Let's get it over with. Whatever it is, let's deal. Don't make me wait in my room for dad to get home. Well, what happens? You have what I would call dreadful expectation, right? Your mind begins to wander. You you have the anxiety, the nerves. We know what it's like for expectation to drift the other way, where you're, you're imagining and you're expecting the worst. And when that happens, a sense of dread and despair fills your heart. Well, if that's true, 
If we can all readily identify with that experience, how much more should we also be able to then uh, relate to the opposite being true? That if, if you can have faith, so to speak, for something bad happening and have dreadful expectation, then, then we should be able to have joyful expectation. You should be, we should be able to expect God's goodness and his faithfulness and his provision at work in our lives. And when we do, it is amazing what is produced in our life. That thing being joy. You see, many times when we look at the fruit of the spirit, we look at them as if they just are things that kind of just happen to you. It falls into your lap. And sometimes that's true. Right? So, I mean, there's a measure of that that's true. But many times the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, those get produced with intentionality. They're fruits of the Spirit. And we plant those and we sow those and we harvest those. And one of the ways we do that is by intentionally harnessing our mind and focusing on that which is good, God's goodness and God's faithfulness. We see Moses pointing people forward to a messianic king, that king being Jesus. When you read the Old Testament, there are literally countless moments where where prophets are pointing people to a future deliverer. And then we get to John chapter 1, 45. Jesus has already been born and he's beginning to call his disciples to follow him. And we have this little moment with Philip and Nathaniel in verse 45. It says, Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, which we just referenced, about whom the prophets also wrote. His name is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. It's just a simple passage. And yet it tells us a little bit about the heart and culture of the people at the time. that They found him. Right? Meaning there was a, there was a search kind of happening. Their eyes were already on a swivel. People were kind of looking and people were waiting. And you can't just read this with a boring tone, you know, hey, hey, Nathaniel found the one, you know, his name's Jesus. Uh, no, no, you're reading this wrong. Right? When, when Philip goes and gets Nathaniel, there's a measure of excitement there. There's a measure of joy there. Bro, we've, we found him. We know who he is. The Messiah is here. The one that Moses wrote about. Come with me. You've got to check this out. There's joy. Joy is produced. When you look forward to experiencing God's goodness. And Philip was looking for that Messiah. The ultimate expression of God's goodness and faithfulness. Is Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2, uh, the writer of Hebrews writes this. He says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Even Jesus understood 
and experience the joy set before him. In other words, he was looking at the right hand of God and saw the empty throne, right, that he was going to soon be filling. The joy set before Jesus is the cross and what Jesus is getting ready to accomplish, the future encounter, the the future victory, the future winning that's happening on behalf of God. It has filled him with joy, the joy set before him. As he overcomes death, as he overcomes sin, and as he experiences victory and gives it away to those who who would simply believe. Joy is produced when you look forward to God's goodness. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. That's not joyful, right? You don't look at that and think, oh, that's John, what a, woo. Joyful, joyful. No, like this isn't, you don't naturally think that way. And yet for the joy set before him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So what about you today? Wherever you're watching from, whatever you're going through, whether this is, you know, best season of your life, worst season of your life, highs, lows, peaks, valleys. Do you need more joy? I'm going to go out on a limb And say, regardless of your condition and where you are in life, that you probably desire to be more joyful. Most people do. I know I do. I long for more joy at work in my life. And so I've got two things for you today that are very practical. And I want you to hear this. For the joy set before you, you you can experience this. You can see joy grow and be produced in your life. Not every message is is pragmatic. Not every single sermon, you know, should end with one step, two step, three step. But today's does. Okay, uh, there are two things that you can do, literally in the next few days, in the next few moments, to begin experiencing greater joy in your life. One of the things is this. Got to adjust your perspective. Number one, that sounds easier said than done, but I want you to hear this. In my in my hand, I've got a dime. Smallest of all the coins, right? And I, I literally asked our team, does anybody have, you know, coin? nobody ever has money anymore. <laughs> I had to go hunting for this, okay? But for for just an illustration perspective, when we talk about joy at work in our life and expecting God's goodness, and looking forward to God's goodness. Many times you don't see God's goodness at work because you have something like this dime pushed all the way up as close as possible to your eye. This is one of the great strategies of the devil at work in your life. He loves to bring uh, issues and problems and fears and insecurities as close as possible to your vision so that it is the only possible thing you can see. You don't see how you can get out of it. You don't see any which way you can turn. It feels like an impossible situation, nothing but despair, panic, anxiety. And what you don't realize is that your situation really is just, it's like this dime that has been pushed all the way up to your eye. And guess what? When I have it this close, It's all I can see. And yet when I take a step back from it, I realize 
oh, this is, it is a deal, but it's not as big a deal as I thought it was. God is bigger than this. He's way bigger than this. His goodness and his greatness are so far beyond this issue that I have in my life. Far be it from me to let this dominate my perspective and literally crowd out the possibility of joy at work. No, 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 no. You have to adjust your perspective. Take a deep breath. Sometimes it's as simple as writing down all the things, right, that, that have you panicking, that have you in despair. Write them in a notebook for a minute. That's what I've done before. When I can't sleep, when, th- when something just has me awake, sometimes I have a hard time identifying, well, what is it that's bothering me? So I get out the pen and I just, okay, what is it? And I just write and I get it out. And then I pray over every single one of those things until I can just <sighs> let it go. And what, is it, what does it do? It helps me gain the proper perspective. God is good and he is faithful. And joy is produced when you look forward to experiencing God's goodness. Philippians 4 says it like this. This whole book, the, Paul writes to, Phil, to the church in Philippi. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In other words, have joy. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things, Paul says. In other words, stop focusing on everything that can go wrong. And start focusing on everything that can go right. Start thinking about everything that God's doing and has done that's good. Literally think about it. Thank him for it. Praise him for it. Write it on a write it on your mirror. Write it in your note on a note card. Put it in your car. Tape it to your dashboard. Like look look at all the things God's good. Think about such things. And when you remind yourself of God's goodness and faithfulness, guess what it does? It produces joy. Secondly, uh, this is this is really simple. <laughs> this is really simple today. I want you to make plans today. For something you can look forward to. Talk about the most like non-spiritual feeling action step. But I want you to catch this because there are things, C.S. Lewis calls this the old magic. He wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. And I love, I love his description when he talks about the old magic, meaning things that have been worked into literally the fabric of the world. And that when you taste them, you taste God's goodness. It's like the ancient, the ancient magic of how God literally just created the world to work and to operate. God hasn't designed you physically or spiritually to be the kind of person that focuses and hangs on and meditates on everything that can go wrong. No, he's designed you to be Filled with 
joy. And even when we do things that don't characteristically feel very spiritual, when you identify, even in some microscopic version, right, of looking forward to and having expectation, you begin, something resonates inside of you, right? It's like the old magic comes alive inside of you. And so even something as simple as you pulling out your calendar and saying, you know what? I'm not just going to let life happen and react to it. I'm going to plan something good that I am now going to look forward to experiencing. And I assure you that as you do, as you plan that thing three weeks out, four weeks out, There's something that happens inside of you. You experience what? Joy. Think about people with vacation, right? They they plan a vacation. They think about going to the beach and there's just, yes, I can't wait. You know, it's going to be awesome and it's fun. Well, what, what is that that they're ultimately describing? Joy. They have joyful expectation. The family reunion, the get together. Maybe it's something as simple as going out to eat. We get these little coupon packs in the mail. And my kids are just now getting old enough, weirdly, where they're starting to pay attention to restaurants and wanting to go to places. And for some reason, there is a coupon that, you know, the little, the Val pack, if you remember, like the little value pack, value pack of coupons that comes. I don't even know how it got opened, but they opened it. And one of them saw this little advertisement for Gus's Chicken in Kennesaw. And I don't know why they have become fixated on it and enamored with it. This is not fine dining. Okay. Yet for them, they're just, they're like, can we go? Can we do this? And so Amy and I look and we're like, you know what? Sure. And we pick a date and we've decided this is where we're going to go as a family (laughs) to Gus's Chicken. And they've asked us every day, like how much closer? How much longer are we waiting? What's happening? Are we going to Gus's Chicken? Right? There's a joyful expectation because we took the time to actually plan for experiencing something fun and something good and something great. And when you take the time to be intentional about it, guess what? Your life begins to experience greater joy. Don't just let life happen. Be intentional. Plan for things and identify resonate with God's goodness in your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, we, we are a people. Lord, even if we, even those who are watching today who maybe haven't put their faith in you, they can, they can resonate with this message. I can resonate with this message. All of us can. We desire more joy in our life. And God, I pray right now that you would help us to gain the right perspective, to not be overwhelmed by the wrong things, but to be consumed by the right things. The the thing that's admirable, the thing that's noble, the thing that's praiseworthy. Help us to focus on those things. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be the kind of people who are intentional for, for planning to experience good things. God, to make the effort to encounter goodness and greatness, even if it doesn't feel overly sanctified and overly churchified, just walking, Lord, 
our lives out in such a way where we taste your goodness and we can taste and see that the Lord is good. Fills us with joy. Fill us with joy today, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Adjust that perspective today. Focus on the right things. And secondly, don't let the day go by without taking a deep breath and making a plan to experience something good. You'll see more joy in your life. See you, see you on Christmas Eve Eve on the 23rd, 5 p.m. Right here. Have a great week.